0: We got out with like a couple of serious injuries, a broke like a, dis, a gnarly dislocated ankle,
1: Yeah, that was that was
0: <laughs> And and a broken finger, maybe a torn ACL, it's, so it's, like
1: that. I pride myself on not being an idiot. Yeah. And it's like one of those situations where like it, are we going to have make the same mistakes 3 years in a row? Yeah. <laughs> a like it's idea. Yeah. yeah.
0: There is not an entrepreneur or a small business owner in the world who is a good idea away. What they need is ideas. I've done it once, I mean? and it was Preston Lacey from Jackass sitting and drinking <laughs> alone at Kelly's for That's like 40 awesome. minutes. Yeah. I was like, he's drinking by himself for 40 minutes. I feel like this is an okay time to approach him.
1: Yeah. This one has a lot of hair. This one has a normal amount of hair. It's Pat and Alex. This one was born in Raytown, this one lives in Raytown, they opened a store in the pandemic and this is a show about it. Hustle and bustle, hustle and bustle, hustle
0: and bustle, here is the show. Hello and welcome to Hustle and Bustle, I'm Pat. I'm Alex. It is still, what day is it? Thursday, I don't know what day it is. It Thursday. feels springy because yeah. winter is springing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, think there's another cold for we did it again, weather. God damn it. Sorry.
1: It just feels right. I don't know why it comes off so naturally to do the weather. Yeah, it does. It just feels it feels I guess it just it's a projection of how much it affects me.
0: Yeah, which I think is true. The older I get, the more affected I am by it. And maybe just the more, uh, the less mentally healthy we are as humans, the more affected we are by it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, maybe. You know? That's a, we can dive right into it. That's one of my new obsessions is, like, humans and then, like, how we interact with the world and, like, our evolution. And, like, how shit, like, the weather and, like, the temperature and, like, what you eat and how you sleep effects if you're happy or sad or yeah all that shit all of it
0: yeah well uh we have slept a little bit now because we had midnight madness this weekend Mm -hmm. um i don't know about you but sunday i was just a melted puddle of atoms on a couch yeah i I couldn't do anything if a war had started i would have died that day
1: yeah i i said you know uh just Walk up the door and pray for the best that they skip us over, because I'm not leaving the house. Yeah, can't do it. Couldn't. Um, mm-hmm. It was, uh, I, I'm learning, drinking, uh, you know, like, hangovers are starting to get worse. Yep. Mm-hmm. But nothing compared to losing three, four hours of sleep. Oh, my God. It feels like someone punches me in the head. Like, it was outrageous. I, we, Carolyn and I, usually go to bed, we're asleep by 10, in bed by like 9, 9.30. Yeah. And... To make it to 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, whenever it, it, I finally rolled into bed was rough. So we had
0: Ryan and Megan staying with us because they had moved to Milwaukee, so they stayed with us. So after we got home from the
1: Dome, uh, Megan and Jen stayed up till 5 a.m. drinking. Dude, no way. I don't know how they're alive. I was afraid I was going to fall asleep on the way home. That was, I, was a, I was like, Caroline, follow me. And just keep an eye. I now know how those three
0: people died and froze to death outside the Chiefs game. I wouldn't even need extreme weather. Just stay up <laughs> till five a.m. and I would. You'd find me dead in that Adirondack chair the next morning. <laughs> I may even be conscious. I'd be like, ah, uh. <laughs> he looks alive, but everything inside of him looks dead. Um, so, anyways, we did it. It was a great event. We, we were just uh, talking about how awful we felt, but realistically, it was by far the best. Midnight Madness we've ever done. Yeah. If not, best event we've
1: ever done. Agreed. Um, I, I know, I'll just speak for myself. It was definitely the first event that we've thrown, whether it's at the store or a Midnight Madness or uh, pop-ups that like I've been genuinely, I think, kind of proud of. I think not just because of the way it turned out, but how we did to prepare. And um, yeah, it all came together in a way that was pretty close to what was in my head. Mm-hmm um and so it it was the yeah i don't know it it was it was nice to walk away from an event and to be physically tired but not be like psychologically tormented right you know like the whole night there were a couple moments where i got like maybe a little frustrated or maybe a little anxious but i would say 85 percent of the time i was really happy yeah so that made a big difference um How it turned out for everyone else, uh, we're about to send out like a review to to all the vendors to see. There's
0: definitely a team or two that's not happy, right? There was an injury or two or a call or two, which that shit happens in every rugby tournament. Mm -hmm. There are definitely a few vendors that didn't do well and maybe were a a little disappointed. Yeah. But there were enough that did well enough that we feel like there was money spent in that marketplace, at least off the base little knowledge that we have. Yeah. That, um, so not everybody walked away skipping and whistling, but you know, when you have an event where at that point, how many stakeholders do you have? You have 30 vendors. Then you have nine, eight teams. You got two referees. You're talking live musician. You're talking 50 people, 60, 70 people probably were involved. Yeah. That are like either were involved in the event in, in some shape or form running it or vending it or performing at it or selling hamburgers at it or taking pictures, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I would venture to say, over 70% of them walked away with a, a,
1: a really positive experience yeah and like as as empathetic em, empathetic, empathetic. Uh, <laughs> leaders like how people how the people who are helping run your event how their experiences are Largely dictates how my experience. There's is. no doubt. Like, and I, I think that played a big factor in like how I felt throughout the night. Is mm-hmm. they everyone else for the most part, like I said, seventy percent of them were probably having a good time. Yeah, and that made it a lot easier for me to do the same.
0: So. And even on our team internally, I would say that the numbers are probably similar. There were some people that were frustrated, but like way less than ever before. Mm-hmm. And I would say because we put in, we did the work up front. We did it. We had failed a couple of times or like teetered on success. I really thought we did really pretty good and gave people like the feel-goods the first year. The second year was not as good.
1: Yeah, that was rough.
0: Yeah, this year, uh, because the second year was so rough, I feel like that was a large motivator for us to do the work back in like fucking July and August. Yeah. Which laid the groundwork. And there was still a middle period where life got in the way and we just had to triage and do other shit where we should have been doing work and we were missing deadlines. Mm -hmm. Um, But then on the end, because we'd done the groundwork, we were able to catch back up.
1: Yeah. it's it's. I pride myself on not being an idiot. Yeah. And it's like one of those situations where like, it are we going to ha- make the same mistakes three years in a row? Yeah. Like it's it's an identity crisis of I'm not an idiot. I have to, <laughs> exactly. I have to force this into existence. So yeah. I, I don't re- have a three P. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a good motivation for any people out there looking for motivation. Just think to yourself, am I an idiot? And then don't be an idiot.
0: Well, let's talk about it from the three perspectives. The rugby was, it turned out to be dope, right? We had eight teams, which I was very nervous about. Eight's a great amount. I honestly think Mm -hmm. it's about perfect. You could go a little bit longer if you have more. Yeah. But I think eight from, like, a consumption and running the tournament standpoint and, like, coming to visit it, uh, it's about right. very smooth. Yeah. Um, And it was really competitive, and it was fun. And we got really good action uh, shots this year. And, like, the highlights were fun to cut up, and I think that they, like, Turned out really good. Yep. Um, And so the rugby side was great. We got out with like a couple of serious injuries, a broke, like a a gnarly, dislocated ankle. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was, (laughs) and, and a broken finger, maybe a torn ACL, but like that's pretty average for an eight team rugby tournament, indoor or outdoor, right? Yeah. And indoor is pretty fucking dangerous, right? And so, for sure. Yeah. Every year we get out of there with like, you know, someone's heads exploded, you know, looking like Humpty Dumpty on the field, then Mm -hmm. I'm pretty happy. So, from a rugby perspective, I feel like success. Would you agree? Agreed. From a mar- vendor market success, I'll let you lead since you kind of ran that side
1: of the building. Yeah. So this was the biggest like vendor market that we've hosted by like 300%. We've never done a vintage vendor market. Yeah, we've done sure. vendors, but they've never been vintage.
0: Mm-hmm. We may have had one or two friends that asked to pop up, but they were never vintage. This yeah. is our
1: first real vintage. And it would just it came out of like opportunity. We had this huge open space really at no extra cost to us, and we've tried to fill it with like touch... Or other activities the previous two years and this year i i I think just rex catalog uh shout out you guys who they've been doing tons of events this year and popping up uh doing vendor markets at random locations and i was like if all these people can do it gnarly hustle can do it right and we have this huge empty The space. market space has gotten crazy saturated. There's yeah. like three markets a weekend. Like of the, like the weekend we did ours, most of our vendors were at their second or third. Yes. There were four locally in Kansas City, and then if you zoom out to like uh, Lawrence and Manhattan a little bit, there were like six or seven. Yeah. So it's it's definitely, there's a lot to do if you're in the mood to shop some vintage. Um, but yeah, anyway, so we had uh, like uh, 28, 30 vendors ringed around a soccer field, and then in the middle we had some, there's like, party yard games we had tetherball mm-hmm. which was a cool experience uh that one is worth the hernia getting it in there yeah yeah it got a lot of use uh, which made me happy um cornhole got a little bit of use spike ball got a little bit of use it was nice to see people having fun in the middle of the market and then at any given point when i was looking around it definitely seemed that there was a good amount of people moving and shopping uh around the sides yeah um we've all been to the, if you've popped up at any point in time you have been
0: i would say at the majority of your experiences, if you had to put them into, like, buckets of, like, I made a lot of money, uh, uh, or m- it was mostly just the vendors shopping each other's shit, and you put it on that spectrum, yeah. most of them teeter towards it's the vendors shopping each other's shit. So we've all been to that. Yeah. And, it, I, you know, at its worst, there were still vendors shopping each other's shit, but at its best, there was other outsiders coming and spending money. There's obviously people there at 8 o'clock yes. to come to the vendor market.
1: Yeah. Um. And so I, I I didn't feel self conscious about the amount of people in that room really at any point in the night. Uh, Maybe closer once the music started, and it got closer towards the end. It started to get a little empty, and uh, but you know there were just uh, good improvements to be made for future events, Um, but nothing that was like critically bad. Yeah, like it was, it was a late event. If we're going to do a vendor market, probably... Earlier K, in the day. Earlier in the day. Yeah. Um, maybe even a few less bodies, bigger spaces. Right. As far as, like, vendors. Um, just a few minor tweaks because it's... I enjoy running these events. I enjoy bringing a bunch of people together and allowing them to have fun and make money. So if we can, like, dial in that formula and become the one pop-up that you want to be at, that would be really cool. I remember sitting in this room talking about podcasts and
0: we were talking about not wanting to do pop-ups because we have resisted them for a long time because there just wasn't enough ROI on your time. And we, I remember sitting here saying, we're not in it for the community. Like I, which is true and was true. Like I don't go to pop-ups because I want to meet other vintage vendors and talk to them. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people who are in it for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, I'm not against that community, and I'm realizing now we need to lean into that community. Yep. And, like, I, we know something, I feel like, uh, about building community, and yeah. um, so it, I just realizing there's an opportunity in that, especially as we pivot to
1: having, hopefully, more of them in our store on a consignment basis. Yeah. It, it's definitely one of those things of, it doesn't work, so you want to, you know, maybe pivot away from something else, but the, it may have just been that you sucked at doing it. It wasn't that it didn't work? That's true. I mean we we never
0: had more. the inventory.
1: Yeah. Um
0: well, we'll we'll get back into that stuff here in a little bit cuz I've got it later on. Um but in, in live music um you know, uh, huge shout out to both Fight Dream and the Royal Chief. Yeah. And I could tell the residents in the Royal Chief midweek when he was like, so we're playing during the games? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, it turned out Fight Dream was the perfect kind of music for a rugby game, right? It's like background,
1: raucous, chaotic. It was like, so cool. it just adds to the energy. Yeah, it was, uh, someone mentioned it was like watching a bar fight that the band in the corner kept playing. Right. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, it was cool. And um, the Royal Chief, I think, just like takes up, requires so so much attention that yeah. like in order to fully appreciate his performance you kind of got to be zoned into him mm-hmm. so it's hard he wasn't background music you know yeah. what i mean that just so he I, I love the Royal Chief. It was awesome to see him perform. I've been a huge fan and mm-hmm. to have him perform. He like, still killed it too. He, he crushed it. And he, you know, was super gracious and kind and you know, willing to perform and wanting to come back and like he's the man. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I just if I could change things, I might add him perform in the bar. Um, yeah, where he would have had a little bit more arrested attention. because so, really I didn't feel bad. Like he added vibes to the rugby. I just felt bad that people weren't Giving their love back to him because they were watching the rugby, you know. Yeah, if and, he was in a bar setting, he would have arrested everybody's
1: attention. It would have been pretty cool, totally. And like that's a, a skill in itself is is curating, you know the. How do all the little pieces add up together to one big product 100% and you know We were really nervous about how the music was going to turn out.
0: Yeah, uh, and it sounded good in the building
1: Yeah, and we, it was gonna be too loud too quiet Will the refs be able to you know dictate the game will people be able to focus on one thing or the other mm-hmm. And it turned out really really cool, you know It's just with minor tweaks of making sure that you've got the right performances and acts that supplement the rugby Because that's what it's there for instead of vice versa, kind of.
0: And it's like just
1: weird enough, this tournament. Like, it was
0: just weird enough to be like, okay. Like, this, it wasn't like a youth soccer tournament and then there was a vintage market next to it. Because it it is weird. Like, there's not a live band on top of this full contact crazy rugby. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it was, it was just weird enough to where, anyways, it was, it it was, it, it got. It was hey, cool, we weren't
1: there, you have fomo for sure,
0: yeah, and I feel like we got the reward for us, you know yeah. last year, it felt like it was a negative, you know maybe a net loss, yeah. this year it feels like a net gain, yeah. um so anyways that's that the next event we're going to be running is going to be a house party here another our second vintage market here march sunday march 24th um we are going to basically empty our racks and fill them up with the dope ass vendors like you would have seen at an early market or yep. i mean at uh, midnight madness if you were there so we're gonna do that sunday march 24th we will get you more details on that but that's gonna be our next event um and we're gonna do a uh, potluck on the back end of it so one of the things that i think We did well at the beginning, even though it didn't give us an ROI, was build community through potlucks here. And we had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And um, I I think we need to bring that back. And so, you know, on the back end of these pop-ups, we will just make them potlucks. So the same kind of thing that we always did, games, you know, uh, themes, like a party with your friends. Invite the people that were at the potluck or at the uh, market to stick around. Mm -hmm. I think we can build community that way. So we're going to try to do it and have some fucking fun because we haven't done one in a long time. So March 24th, we're doing that. Um, Around the water cooler. Uh, the Grammys. Did you see them? Did you watch them? Did you know they happened?
1: Didn't know they happened. Was that the... That's, just... Whoo. That was the Will Smith show, right? Or which one was I that? think
0: that was the Oscars.
1: Oscars? So I Oscars is Oscars.
0: movies. Okay. And then we had the Golden Globes. That's um, like everything. And then TV is, uh, is Emmys. And that's already happened. So Grammys was music. So that just happened. What's a Tony? Tony is... Broadway. Broadway. Yes. An EGOT is if you win an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. So you're if only you win all four, you're an EGOT.
1: Only reason I know that is from an episode of 30 Rock uh, where. Oh, fuck. I forgot. The comedian's name. Anyway, I was trying to get an EGOT, and I was like, "What the hell is an EGOT?" Now I know. All right, I'll just give you the highlights of the Grammys. Joni Mitchell performed at 80 live
0: performance. She had like a brain aneurysm five years ago. It was wild. So that's one of the things people were talking about that she performed at 80. And It was that's her first cool. ever Grammy performance. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then uh, Taylor Swift won her 13th Grammy. She won a whole bunch of Grammys. It was kind of awkward. Like it was a, like, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, but she like promoted her album immediately. It was, it was weird, and everybody was talking about how weird it was. So this is her 13th? Her 13th, which is her lucky number, which she said on the mic. It was like a 13-year-old girl was receiving an award. It, was, it felt <laughs> weird. And I just feel like we're reaching an oversaturation point. I know that it's already happening. The right is turned against Taylor. There's all these crazy things. Has, has that crossed your radar?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the the line, it's this weekend. You can see it. Yeah, yeah. As soon
0: as football we need to not hear about Taylor or Travis come Monday for a little while.
1: Yeah, because the NFL's been the number one, like, you know, talk about as far as no one's talking about her era tour. It's all about her and relationship to Travis and the NFL. Yeah. So as soon as they stop I think the the Taylor will dip. Yeah, we just need to hit the off season cycle. Yeah.
0: And then we'll be fine. Um Miley Cyrus won her first ever uh, Grammy. And J C had a weird rant where he basically uh they gave him like a lifetime achievement award, but he mostly yelled at them for getting most of their awards wrong, including the fact that Beyonce has never won like album of the year.
1: They yeah, she had a big tour this year too. So she, big really
0: album. just threw a lot of shade at the Grammys. And basically, I don't know when black people are going to stop supporting shows like this.
1: Hasn't that been? Every year, I feel like that's the same talk, though. Yeah. It's like there's a black artist that gets snubbed, yeah. and I don't know. I will say this. I like award shows. I love award shows,
0: probably inordinately so. And I know they're going away. They're dying like indoor malls, and I'm going to soak up every last fart inside of both of them that I can enjoy. Um, but the Grammys, less dead. Because the other's way more dead. Because like nobody watches TV
1: really yeah. anymore,
0: but everyone listens to music still.
1: Yeah, that's true. I I enjoy uh, being judged. I love it when people other people are judged. <laughs> like I love winners and losers, and I love the drama that it creates. So I'm I I just I don't think people re, like who the fuck. Decides on the awards Right mm. It's just like the I think that's the big thing The is academy
0: just, They vote They Everybody kept You know Thanking the academy And I was like
1: That's is weird Yeah <laughs> it it, weird. So I think that's the issue is, I think people still want The awards But no one Trusts the authority Figure that's Handing out awards anymore Now less than ever Yeah So, um, so that was that The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl Sunday Fuck yeah baby So that's pretty badass That's
0: happening Woo uh, So fun fact I saw Creed Humphrey Starting center for the Kansas City Chiefs Pro Bowler He was at Jen's Old Bar on Friday. We went back in to have a drink. She's not working there yeah, anymore. Yeah, okay. I was curious what bar this was at her old Shaken. <laughs> so we go into Shaken, her old bar, and like <laughs> I'm just sitting there at the bar and we're talking, we're, you know, having a drink, talking, and this enormous dude walks by and I'm like, holy fuck, that's Creed Humphrey. And like he goes to go to the bathroom. He's in like a back room with this lady and he just walks past. Nobody knows he's in the building until he walks past to go to the bathroom. And from the time he goes to the bathroom to the time he doesn't go to the bathroom, I go from a thousand percent that's Creed fucking Humphrey. There's no way that's not Creed Humphrey. I know that's him. To being like well, wouldn't he be in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl? Oh fuck, there's no way that could be him. They're already down in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. That's definitely not Creed Humphrey. And like, I'm having this conversation out loud with Jen and like a bartender. And then the bartender's like, "Well, I'm going to ask him. Do you want me to ask him?" I'm like, nope, nope. I know it's not him. And now I'm going to be embarrassed if you ask him. Don't ask him. This is all the time it takes him to pee. And then he comes out. The bartender's like, "You know, you look a lot like Creed Humphrey." He's like, "Yeah, I get that." And then he just walks to the back room. Slide. So we are like, "Oh yeah, man, that's just a Creed Humphrey lookalike." Then we leave, and the other bartender was there. She texts us at the end. Oh, no, I tabbed him out. That is indeed him. That was the guy you thought it was. That's awesome. So it's awesome. Yeah, which I wouldn't have bothered him. Like, when I see a celebrity in public, especially a chief in Kansas City, mm-hmm. like, I'm not going up to say hi. Yeah. Like, it's very rare. I've done it once, and it was Preston Lacey from. Jackass sitting and drinking <laughs> alone at Kelly's for that's like forty awesome. minutes. Yeah, I was like, he's drinking by himself for forty minutes. I feel like this is an okay time to approach him. Yeah, that's a great time to. Approach so that's him. the only time I've ever done it. Um, I guess when I was a kid, I did it at an airport with Anderson. Your kid's Cooper. fine. Yeah, exactly. But like, I would have left him alone entirely. But now, I feel like he you feels like opportunity. He, yeah, yeah. Now I just feel weird. Anyways, so that was my uh, sliding doors moment with. Uh, Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chief, as they go into the game.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. Also, it's another reminder that we won't be our peak coolness until, until Chiefs we have come in. a private area that Chiefs can come into. Yeah. Because you're not going to a bar that, like, there's not a room in the back you can hide out in. Yeah. For the same reason he said, yeah, I'm, I'm Creed Hump, you know.
0: I think that there's safe to say that it's going to take a while to where we would reach a point where if a chief came in with a lady friend and asked for a private room, I wouldn't just kick everybody out. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, the amount of people in the bar would have to represent a dollar amount to me that's high enough to where I wouldn't do that. And I think we're a ways away from that. Yeah. So. You
1: hear that? The whole bar could be yours, chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> um, also,
0: and around the water cooler, Apple glasses, or what do you call them?
1: Apple Vision Pro. Apple Vision Pro. Yeah. So if you got a 3700 bucks, that's burning a hole in your pocket. So you, you've
0: seen the videos now. I've seen them of like the guy at the park bench typing on his mm-hmm. invisible keyboard. Have you seen the videos of people driving doing it while they're driving Teslas?
1: I haven't. I I don't know if those are bits yet or if they're real, but I'm sure it's happening. I've seen videos, so the videos are either bits and
0: being made that way, or they're AI generated, or they're real. It's, but I saw a press release or like some kind of headline that was like a government agency urging people to not use or something.
1: You know, there was like a headline attached to it that people are actually doing this, dude. It's Yeah, that part's terrifying. Um, But, I mean, that's the whole point of the self-driving revolution is so you can not drive while you're driving. Sure. But we're not there yet. Yeah, we ain't there yet. (laughs) Um, The only video I've seen that's really cool is this dude. He, like, uh, integrated it to his whole house. So, like, he walked into his living room, and, like, one wall was just the NBA game. And they had a browser with, like, his draft... Uh, or his Fantasy leagues, um stuff. And then on the other wall, he just had, like, his social media. So it looked like his living room, but he just, each wall was a different program. Okay. And then, like, in his fridge, he had a whiteboard with, like, the to-dos and grocery lists, and then, like, a little screen of, like, how to make the recipe. And then he walked into his bathroom, and it had, like... I don't, it, it was a way... It was a, It was demonstrating how, like, it keeps spatial awareness and knows, like where the things are in the real world. It was pretty cool. All right, and then I the other video I
0: saw was a lady, she put them on in her kitchen, and she was doing some kind of VR experience, and she immediately starts sprinting, and she sprints into her microwave and shatters them. Oh yeah! From a foot away, she just sprints into her microwave and
1: shatters them. Like it, it'll be like the Wii before they had the bracelets. Or How the many people are gonna, there's
0: going to be an amount of tragic deaths from the <laughs> Apple Vision Pro? How many are going to be acceptable? How many until it's an outrage?
1: Uh, legally, I bet they already know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> someone crunched the numbers. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's it's uh it's cool. It's all right, so there's another thing we talked about, which yeah. is
0: the, what are these, the um, the ray Bands the Metaglasses. Yeah. Meta so I saw these in the wild like a couple weekends ago. Okay. I was at a rugby thing and a guy I know, um, he wears them for like coaching shit. So mm-hmm. like you just press a button, a light turns on and it starts recording and saving it to a like a cloud and then you go and download it. It comes to your phone is it basically how it works. It goes to a cloud and then you can download it to your phone from an app. Okay. Um, so you can record. Now, it, it has a light, so that's its safety feature that says I'm recording. So you can record at any given time. You can, while you're walking around, you basically have a body camera. And they don't look ridiculous. Yeah. They look like Ray Bans with little lenses on them, but they're not crazy There's a ridiculous. a little sticker on the BAMP, that's it. You don't exactly. Know. So I think this is. Once these two things meet, mm-hmm. that's when AR has arrived and will take over. So, if you've been
1: following the AR, because the Apple
0: Vision Pros are outrageous yeah. and they're heavy, and people
1: can reportedly only wear them for thirty minutes without getting nauseous. If you uh, did, you we were familiar with Google Glass. I've heard of it. Yes. So there was like there were like a decade ago. It was old. It was like yeah. a huge AR revolution. And if you wore them around in public, people would call you glass holes, because you look like <laughs> an asshole with your fucking. But it was it was a, a a pair of glasses and then a one little like uh, AR screen that would augment pictures over what you're looking through. Yeah. Uh, they still looked incredibly ridiculous and like they have to be like I, I think like doctors used them and mechanics, but they had to be specifically programmed for the exact case you were using it for. Um, but it was like uh, they were way ahead of their time, and now a bunch of people are, like, bringing it back, like, well, I bet you all feel ridiculous for calling all these people glassholes now. Yeah. No, you still look like an idiot. Yeah, you still look like an idiot. It hasn't changed. Um, but it's getting there. And,
0: and the downside, I mean, the Apple Vision Pro, this doesn't seem to be a downside, though it probably is. Um, but, like... The way that it's marketed right now an Apple Vision Pro is a way for you to intake media, not necessarily a way to capture media or for, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But I'm
1: sure that there's ways for it to, it's sucking data off of you, probably. Well, you have to scan your whole face. Oh, just to even get Just a to even use it, because um, they, they make a little character for you that looks just like you.
0: The scary part about the Google Glass is like... You have an Alexa attached to your face, right? Like, Alexa's, like, they can hear you. They can watch yeah. you. You've seen the, the pictures or the videos of baby monitors being hacked by people in Russia, and there's someone in, like, Turkmenistan talking to your child in your living room in Colorado. Mm-hmm. You're now walking around with that on your face.
1: Yeah. So, it's, like,
0: they say that, like, you know, if you watch Enemy of the State, that like you're supposed to cover your cameras because they could be recording and watching all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. And, I just, and now we're
0: going to put that on our face and just walk around all the time with it.
1: That's the terrifying. I No one's doubting it's cool. No one's doubting that it is uh, world-changing technology and will be. No one's even doubting that it's incredibly useful and um, may even save lives if, if people come up with cool uses for them. Yeah, But I, I can't believe that it's not in that net negative. Yeah. I, I just, I don't think we need any more separations between like us and reality. Yeah, and, you're right about that. And we seem to like want to put as many layers between the truth and like our perception. Well,
0: the shit that we want in reality is so hard to get in reality that we're just trying to find shortcuts or shortcuts or facsimiles or simulations for that. Yeah. That's but what we're doing. And it's
1: like a, I'm, I'm that's in, what we're doing in everything. There's this, uh, I mentioned at the start of the podcast, there's this, uh Dude, I've been listening to a lot. He's doing his rounds, so he must be dropping a book, but he's a human evolu- human evolution biologist. And his whole like niche is studying human evolution and how to apply it to modern-day society. Mm-hmm. And like his, his number one like, you know, uh hook to get you interested is chairs. He's like, never before, first of all, chairs are a relatively as far as human history new invention like the last 5,000 years were did people have chairs? And even there was like king or thrones. But anyway, never before have humans been more comfortable. We can sit and, and relax. We've never been more comfortable to sit in chairs. Yeah. And there's also never been so that's higher a net, rates. So you're saying a
0: chair might have been a net well, negative?
1: But there's never been higher rates of back pain never oh, in yeah. human history have just people have chronic back pain yeah. and he's saying it's because of this comfort you know you don't have to use the thousand tiny little micro adjustments to keep yourself upright you know yeah. in the past if you were sitting to eat you would squat or sit on a bench that didn't have a recliner or lumbar support yeah. or neck support you know so your muscles had, you had to, to be... keep yourself upright yeah so this added comfort has actually made us unhealthier and i don't know in what way specifically but i think this vision pro is going to be the same thing it will be more useful it will be super cool it will be dopamine injection of drugs you know it'll be amazing but i think it will make you unhealthy
0: every negative outcome times a thousand there's just gonna be steroids in that yeah people are just gonna lay there and Have drop I mean literally drip into them and not have to move or touch or charge
1: you know what I mean? Like the, in, as long as it's charged And then like they'll be good when they when if the technology ever comes and they combine the two like that's when mm-hmm. Shit gets real crazy like if I'm wearing Google vision, but it looks just like a pair of glasses You know like I can just put filters on anybody like, uh, now you're wearing a sombrero. Here's what it's going to be. Now you're wearing cat ears. Bam. Now you're naked. What, is that? A, am I sexually assaulting you? Are you going to call HR? You're not actually naked, just in my glasses. Like it. That's going to be a real thing. That you can just undress someone with glasses? I, I mean, they, I think so. Like, you, AI <coughs> with the Taylor Swift, and then you throw AR on your glasses, you, there's definitely going to be horny pervs doing inappropriate things. I don't know.
0: So here's what we have to look forward to. A dystopian future where like, the real world looks like Mad Max Fury Road where it's impossible to survive. A bunch and, of electric cars though. And the people that are happy actually are the Matrix where they're just plugged in in some like, shanty shithole like, gas station bathroom into a simulation. Fucking- so that's it. That's what we're looking forward to. Dude, but
1: you'll find (laughs) somewhere on Earth there will be a little speck of green where Gnarly Hustle has. Well,
0: yeah, just like in Mad Max Free Road at the top of the hill.
1: Yeah. So just look for us. We'll have
0: have DVDs of friends. Um... How is it going? I just want to talk. I don't know how much. What are we at on the uh, time frame here? Got Fifteen minutes. All right. Well, let's not go too crazy. Um, how's it going? We got two things coming up around here that are pretty big. Uh, one is seasonal. It uh, you know we're still figuring out. Our hours, But I think we're figuring out they may be seasonal. And mm-hmm. we, for the first time ever, went off Sundays this winter, which has been a godsend. Yep. Um, and we're going to go back to Sundays because the reason we went off Sundays is because it was one of our worst days when we weren't at the River Market. Mm-hmm. When we're at the River Market, it's absolutely our best day. So we have to be there from a data-driven perspective. Um, so... We'll start that back up here in April. Um, so that's just like a big change to wrap your head around. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, but the other big change that it coincides with is uh, consignment. We are definitely. This all started in December with Martin City Thrust coming here and crushing it in one month, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Whoa!" Because when we started this thing, here is how I like. W- he's selling really high-end vintage shit, and what that means is high-end sports tees, high-end band tees, high-end. Other niche, like what what is in there? Um, jackets, crew necks, jackets, like Very small amount of things that yeah. are high-end and niche. The shit that Travis Kelsey would buy or Chiefs would buy. The shit that sold at Reset, Wyco Vintage. Um, a smaller set of places, right? And there's these vintage markets that have started popping up in the last year to now it's weekends as we talked about it's very saturated yeah and they're all over the place and there's this huge underground industry and kansas city's late to it yeah just like we got doc martin's late and people started listening to nirvana late it's the same thing here so it's towards the end of the bubble but early on it was hard to source that stuff mm-hmm and hard to keep it. So we like thought we were starting a vintage company, but then when we realized we couldn't source it to a scale, we we're like, well, maybe we need to really sell ourselves as thrift because it feels uncomfortable selling ourselves as as vintage. Yeah. Now we have got them in here and like we're gonna dive into the vintage. We're gonna try mm-hmm. to take advantage of it. It makes a lot of sense for us. Now we're insecure about like we have built a thrift store. Mm-hmm. And we have a bit of a thrift following. Everyone's insecure about now selling high-end, expensive shit inside it a little bit, but that's what we're yeah. going to do because it makes a lot of sense from a business
1: perspective. We're just a little uh late to the game, and we were we were certainly cornered in the beginning. Like cash flow, a hundred percent. Cash flow is really the big determiner of you know, like the inventory you can acquire and the quantity of it Yeah, and then throw in a little bit of luck and time, Yeah, but it's mostly how much cash do you have on hand? And you know, that's been able to grow a little bit over the last couple of years. And we've built a place where people come to us. So it takes less time. So like, those are two things that we've now, we have more money and more time to have better stuff. And then consignment will supplement that. Um, but I, we've, we have brainstormed, and I really like it. We'll probably end up condensing—like, we'll still have $5 t-shirts. We'll still have $8 polos. We'll still have $10 jeans. Uh, they're all just going to be condensed into this middle room.
0: Curated, affordable thrift it will mm-hmm. still be gnarly the heart of our brand. Yes. But we're also going to have, in the main room, when you first walk into the store— a lot more consignment. Like, yeah. we probably have oh, we have over 200 pieces. We've probably close to 300 pieces, if we counted them right now, of vintage consignment. That's going to explode to double that here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then in the next month or six weeks, we're probably looking to triple or quadruple that. Yeah. Um, so triple that, really, is what we're looking at. So that's a, you know, if you do that, that's, you know, you're looking at... I don't know, a couple thousand pieces of really true vintage in your store at any given time, which puts us right at the top of anybody's inventory in all of Kansas City. Yeah,
1: uh, you'll and, and you'll still be able to dress head to toe for thirty five bucks. But then, if you want to spend thirty five bucks on one t shirt, you can do that. You just have options now. Yeah, and um, yeah, so you kind of avoided that that mar- that that that.
0: Marketplace that that level for a bunch of reasons, and we were into like we would inevitably sell clothes. Like there's a place called what's it? What's the place over in Independence? Uh, the Market Square, Merchant Garment, Square,
1: Merchant Square, the Garment District,
0: Garment District. All right, so they're like. Brass Armadillo, you probably know what it is at this point. It's an old dick Sporting Goods that's been converted into one of these giant antique malls where you just, they sell off space and people rent a space, and there's a million different people in a tiny area. Mm-hmm. Well, they have cordoned off part of that, and they're doing a vintage market called the Garment District, and they were doing this several months ago towards the end of the fall, and we had some really nice pieces, and they came in. I mean, they probably bought, spent 1000 thousand, fifteen hundred 1500 here in a matter of a couple of months yeah. because they were getting ready to open their garment district and they needed pieces. So they'd come in here and buy a shirt for $24, which at the time was a stretch for us. Mm-hmm. And they'll go there and they'll resell it for 60 70 80 And then, you know, we were doing that forever because we didn't know. Part of the equation was we didn't know if we could sell that high-end shit in kansas city yep. or in raytown yep. could we sell a shirt for 80 bucks in raytown can we sell a puffer coat for 120 bucks in raytown it felt dirty and wrong even asking that yeah but what jackson proved in december is that you fucking can
1: yeah absolutely
0: and that kids will drive to raytown to buy that shit because mm-hmm. right now if you live in lee summit you have to drive to westport yeah so anyways we've just realized that there's a market there we need to take advantage of it and not that we're foolish in the last three years we took it us to get to this point to be able to be in a position to take advantage of it
1: yeah I,
0: but now we're going to get on that f- climb that vintage rocket ship and it may have already peaked a little bit but we're going to use it to generate some fucking cash and build some brand
1: yep uh, that's 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 pretty much the game plan yeah. and like uh, the previous two years I would say we'd I'd be self-conscious about uh, foot traffic like I mentioned like, I, I only have a good time with the people working for me and running our events or also yeah. having a good time. It sucks to run consignment and people not make money, which was our experience. Granted, our con- we've done
0: consignment here, yeah. It's not vintage consignment.
1: Yeah. And I, I feel confident enough now, like, in our store and in our brand that it draws people and the right people that, like, you should have opportunities to make money. And I think I'm also swallowing this pill of, you know, like, having now been in the game for about three years, like, uh, if let's say our whole store was twenty consigners, no matter what we did, half of them would probably fold like in the first six months. Mm-hmm. And like it's just it's it's hard to make a lot of money consistently selling vintage. And a lot of people who start it probably start it quickly and catch fire quickly, but. Yeah, I'm just confident I know that fact, that there's there's only a few people that are going to start and still be continuing in a major way this time next year. It's like
0: podcasts, in my opinion. I think it's a similar burn rate, like mm-hmm. to where podcasts were maybe even a year or two ago. There's never been more people buying and reselling vintage or clothes than there are now. Yeah. I don't think there ever will be more than there is now, right? Like, I think we're at the peak of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people pick. You can do something cool with it. Yeah. And it, the returns are a lot easier in selling clothes than they are in the podcasting. Yeah, but it's a fucking grind. It's a lot harder grind than it is podcasting for sure. But everybody looks at it says, "Oh, I can do that. That'll be fun. I like to thrift. Jump in." And you hate thrifting. Like you, you like you don't hate it. Like I still like shopping, but you re- remember everything you like doing more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time you turn something into work that you love, it you love it less. Period. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way that it works. And I've got a lot of experience
1: and it's been. I don't. They're sure. They're, hopefully, there's a phrase that someone smart will come out with that describes this but it's been tiktokified like how many people there's got to be data of like in the last three years started a vending machine business right purely because they saw you can make 10 grand a month with this vending machine yes side hustle. yeah 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 and it's just like ah, it's so far from the truth of reality of how things actually work yeah um and so i think vintage clothing you know, we probably fell into that a little bit too. I know yeah. I did. I, I mean, it was China was what we first started selling. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, I, you can make money. I just saw someone online doing it. You know, yeah. he can do it. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. That was it's. It's more than that. It takes a lot of time, effort, and money to get not shitty at something, and then you have to discover like, oh, I'm not good. I'm just no longer bad at this, and then it takes a lot more time to get good and. I don't know. I feel, I feel less guilty about other people experiencing that now.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, like it just does take time to be a success. So it's not, if we run a market, it's not our fault that you didn't make money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it, just and, like when we went to markets and didn't make money, it wasn't the market's fault necessarily that we didn't, make, we didn't make money. Now, sometimes
1: it's just a shitty market. Yeah.
0: Sometimes the market doesn't market.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, this was the first, like, Midnight Man, this was the first one that, like, we threw some money at marketing, and I think we made some pretty clever and creative reels that got your attention that broke through the the monotony of uh vending marketing and you know i felt proud of that and so that's it It was as as long as we we do that yeah as long as we have something that we can be proud in it helps alleviate the anxiety of your success yeah that's true um
0: speaking i just have to celebrate this real quick um we now have permits and a stamped approved plan blueprints to start on a bathroom um so just to get to this point should have cost us between six and nine thousand dollars we got to it at one thousand dollars and 13 months and 13 months (laughs) which is a fucking microcosm of our entire experience yeah so you know that's why yeah could we have gotten here faster with a thousand dollars yes but yeah. lesson learned, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> Cash is king, baby. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's fucking building a business, man. And that's the wildest thing. I literally said that to I, the PR7s. The company came to town. I worked with them a couple weekends ago. And I used to work with them like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. And like really at the front end of us starting this business. And I left there not in a bad way, in a pretty good way. But it was I left with bad taste in my mouth. And it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And ultimately, I just had to leave. Yeah. Um, and I think it was probably my lack of gratitude being in there. Um, but I just, you know, speaking to him, my former like manager and a guy who I always had a great relationship with before, after, during, like just the amount of humility I've learned, Mm. you know what I mean? Like, and I see it in so many other people, like people that we're close to that are like, give us ideas and get pissed off. We don't put them into play because they seem like no brainer fucking ideas. There is not an entrepreneur or a small business owner in the world who is a good idea away Who What they need is ideas. You know what I mean? No one's...
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it.
0: I've got... I am fucking... I got ideas flowing out of me in every orifice, and I can't stop it. It's only the ones that you strangle into action for long. so long, you know what I mean? It it, It can become something.
1: It really is, and I'm not trying to compare us to professionals, but it's like we're uh, maybe a playmaker for a professional football team. And it's like a fan walking into the room being like, I got to play. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I uh, we get it. There's ideas. And isn't to say that there isn't a spark of genius to that idea. Yeah. But, uh, it's, you also have to understand that the odds of that being the idea that we needed and also, yeah, it's just...
0: It, just, it blows your... Because people come in here and do it all the time, which I love. Because what they do... What it means is they walk in and they think this is the coolest building ever, this coolest business ever. I want to add value to it. I yeah. want to like give you an idea that you run with. They want to take some kind of ownership in it. So it's the ultimate compliment. And I used to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But I used to be way more resentment and like, why don't you take my ideas? I'm genius and I'm brilliant. And like... Because my ego's enormous. And it just fucking... is Until you don't need any more fucking ideas Yeah, (laughs) it's hard to harness the concept that you don't need ideas
1: yeah truly
0: you know what I mean and uh, Midnight Madness was an idea that we didn't it took us three years to get anywhere to get to this you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and I think we needed every bit of that to get here
1: and the the difference between year one and year three wasn't a bunch of ideas yeah Uh, that's true it was was, was work yeah it was fucking work Mm -hmm. and work uh, that no one wanted to do yeah. More importantly. Not the fun work. Yeah. You know, the, the poopy work, the shitty work. The, the fun work is the work we did up front. We spent all our money from A
0: Night Madness in the first planning session. It yeah. was fucking making it to pay mm-hmm. for it that was the work that took forever so anyways that's not all the hustle that's what we're doing here I think that we have a pretty cool idea and we're still working on it yeah. so come and check it out and we got way more expensive clothes to sell you and your teenage friends and college age friends and anyone who really just wants to wear uh, the same shit that Taylor Swift does and tra- Travis Kelsey now we got it yep come by it see you later peace that was a good